interaction. Canada Sportsbook. Hello, everybody. We actually made it. This is exciting. I think my mic's working. I think everything's working. So we're good to go. We had a few issues, but uh, the Montreal Canadiens had no issues making it yet another exciting game. So we'll get into that in just one moment. We have a lot to talk about. We have Suzuki, Caulfield, Matheson. There's a lot to talk about. And uh, unfortunately, Laura and Alice could not be with us tonight, but Andrew's here. And he's looking a little spooky. Halloween was a few uh, weeks ago because he's without power right now. So uh, we're going to bring him in in just a moment. But before that, make sure you like and subscribe. Throw your questions in the chat. I'll be keeping an eye on him because Andrew, again, doesn't have power. And uh, a quick word from our sponsors. Want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction Canada Sportsbook. The NFL is in full swing. World Cup's coming up. That's pretty exciting. Uh, obviously, hockey. You know, you can always bet on uh, by how much will Cole Caulfield outscore Matthews. So you can bet pregame, live, in play. There's also prop bets. Uh, it's made by Canadians for Canadians. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com SDPN. That's sportsinteraction.com SDPN. Ontario only, 19 plus, please play responsibly all right let's go take a look at our buddy there andrew hey how's it going buddy i feel like the undertaker right now or like kane and i feel like i need to cut a promo on someone that's it's amazing a, it's a balmy 10 degrees about that in in our house right now the kids are swaddled in many blankets how it's, how, how uh, long now, have you been without power andrew 14 and a half hours and you don't even live in NDG. That's the crazy part. Exactly. I live in Sudwest. This shouldn't be happening. So this is not uh, so the for boonies. Everyone joining us. And by the way, hey, hi in the chat. How's it going? Hi, Paper Dolls. How, hi, Sarah. Hi, Noel. Um, Andrew, without power, but he's a trooper. You know, he's going to make it through here. Uh, we actually, none of us were supposed to be doing what we're doing right now, but we're here for you, the Habs fans. So what we're going to do, we're going to talk about and I think at first I wanted to talk about Mike Matheson because I thought that was a really cool story. But lo and behold, the Habs put together another exciting game. Cole Caulfield, two goals. Listen, Nick Suzuki, I know he only got two assists only. Fantastic game. So let's start talking about Cole Caulfield, Andrew. I mean, did you see that statistic by uh, Habs and High Heels? Yes, I did. Okay. It's John Beliveau, Maurice Richard, and Bernie Jaffreon are the only Canadians players who had more goals than Caulfield in their first 100 games. Yes. That's wild. Now, like, some of these statistics can be off, you know. Sometimes there's always an outlier, but that is some pretty darn good company. And you know what kills me out of all this? It's, uh, you know, I I'm looking at gift horse in the mouth, but man, imagine there was no Ducharme in there. Like, <laughs> how much better would Cole Caulfield's statistics look without the whole Ducharme era? Yeah, I mean, even if we would half his pace since then, it's still like another 10 goals, right? Which puts him, like, it, it, like the stratosphere. It, it's ridiculous how good this kid is. And he's, he's doing so it at five good. on five. He is doing it at 5 on 5. And I mean, I know he scored one on the power play tonight. And I believe uh, his other one was. was oh, it was. So yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of like a power yeah. play, too. But for the most part, yeah, in his career, 5 on 5. And, you know, there was a big storyline before this game in Philadelphia. Because if you remember, there's like a video that goes viral every once in a while of like a draft party in Philadelphia in a bar. Oh, the, the, the Cam York video. And it gets to their pick. 
and they all expect it to be Cole Caulfield. And they're saying on the TV, it's going to be Cole Caulfield. And everyone in the bar is cheering. From the United States Caulfield. Developmental Cam Program. <laughs> Defenseman Cam York. And people start booing. And there was a, an article, I think, by uh, Sam Carcini, who everyone loves to make fun of for very good reasons, because he's a terrible boomer who doesn't understand when something's a fake screenshot. Mm. Undertaker, uh, say, like, Andrew is think- taking no prisoners tonight. All right. Listen, I'm cranky, okay? I've had a day. So I'm going to throw some people under the bus here. Done. But I already threw the sound right off the bat. Like, boom. <laughs> exactly. Sulba. So he wrote an article that was like, will the Flyers regret not drafting Cole Caulfield? And it's like, yes. You don't have to phrase that as a question. They clearly will. Statement. And tonight already, <laughs> he just ate them alive. Okay, but didn't Cam was... York uh, score to beat Laval? tonight i mean <laughs> i'm pretty sure he did great accomplishment i mean listen he might be a good player no, he, he is, seems yeah. like he might be a good player but cole caulfield is something special and even john tortorella after caulfield scored the tying game tying goal tonight he just like shook his head and smiled and was like of course he did there's a point where just raw talent is is, is impossible to stop and i think we're almost getting to the point where caulfield's it's kind of like an ovechkin situation like you know what he's gonna do um it necessitates a crazy Nick Suzuki pass. Like we'll have to talk about those passes tonight because that was just wild. Uh, you know, high high difficulty passes. But like at this point, I think it's coaches are starting to realize like no matter what, this this guy's gonna score on us. He's gonna score on us for the next ten years. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And there's the thing about like Suzuki currently, the last like eight or so games before this has been on a bit of a cold streak, right? But he's getting those chances. Just, I think doesn't he have like only five game... points in those in those games? Yeah, yeah, he's still getting points and, and two goals in that stretch too, right? But that's like a cold streak for what we're used to. Exactly. And like the only game where he didn't get a bunch of chances was I think against New Jersey, who just after the first period outclassed Montreal to such an extreme degree that you know no one stood out in a positive manner. No. But uh, there's something about Caulfield that when he gets the puck in the offensive zone and Suzuki has that way about him right now as well, mm-hmm. is it just feels inevitable. And that's the mark of a star offensive player. I remember thinking that about like Phil Kessel with the Toronto Maple Leafs back in the day, oh, yeah. where it just seemed like he would, he would find a way to score, right? No he had what. Price's number. He felt inevitable. Austin Matthews feels inevitable. Those elite goal scorers, they just, you never feel like you're going to keep them off the score sheet. And you were one of my colleague at uh, Montreal Hockey Now. Marco was just mentioning that at the beginning of the game, you saw like Caulfield was in his zone. You know, you can you can tell when he's about to start picking the corners. By the way, thanks everyone. You know, we have a ton of people watching. We have a ton of people in the chat. So I'm just going to recap real quick. Um, my internet went up and down. It's it's fine. I actually I'm on some new medicine, so a little bit loopy. But Andrew actually has it even worse. So you can see he's full full undertaker mode right now with the candles he has not had power since uh 8 a.m so that's your hydro quebec does not sponsor our show at the moment uh andrew we can't talk about caulfield without talking about suzuki like he has what 12 12 assists on the season that's not that great but i would have no issue saying he's an elite playmaker in the nhl because because like that the even that the overtime tying uh, the, the goal to push him to overtime that was great that pass but me, it was when he did the turnaround from the crease to set up Matheson. Like that, you know, like he's pulling out these ridiculous plays every single night. And uh, man, it's fun to watch him grow and like the, the evolution 
of Nick Suzuki in real time. Yeah, the the way that he sees the ice is incredible, like, right? And brilliant. there are some times where those passes that he's trying to look for aren't really there and he forces it. Yeah. But I think that's just a function of what this team is right now where they're not able to create the lanes necessary for Suzuki to get the best passes off exactly. all the time, especially on the power play. But you look at what he might be able to do when this team has a little bit more talent around it, man. Cause he's driving the offense good. and he's, he's, he's responsible in his own end. Like he's, he's basically the engine of the Canadians. I love Cole Caulfield, but take a look at all his goals and it's 90% Nick Suzuki. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Nick Suzuki's the one who's getting the, the puck, and he's the one dominating like the the offensive zone of the power play. Right, like it's always get the puck to Nick to figure out what to do. Okay, and, you, you know when Hoffman had goal. the puck there at, on the half wall for a while, I was like, "Geez, where's Nick?" Like the first thing I did, I'm like, on the power play, like when the difference between Mike Hoffman having the puck, and I I thought he actually played well, but Nick Suzuki, I do. You, you, Nick Suzuki opens up those passing lanes, right? Whereas. Yeah. Hoffman looks for passing lanes. I think that's the big difference. You know, Nick will well, and, create them. And Hoffman can't make great passes. Like, I'm not trying, I don't want to drag on Hoffman too much just because I feel like he's really Here. brought it. I feel like I'm too bright. Lately. I'm bringing myself down a little bit. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's not a great passer. And he's never given, he's never given up a shot, an attempt. Like, it, it makes me always think of, you know, Danny Heatley, where he's calling for the puck in the corner. That, that's kind of how Mike Hoffman approaches it. But hey, man, if if him and Christian Dvorak, and we'll, we have to get back to Suzuki, but if they keep playing well, the Montreal Canadiens might have a pretty darn good deadline. Yeah, yeah. The fact is, like that's it, it, that line, I mean, it's unfortunate that Hoffman appeared to get hurt in this one because I feel like that line of Gallagher, Hoffman, and Dvorak has actually been lights out. I know they haven't put up crazy scoring numbers by any stretch, no but did you but see their underlines it's it's ridiculous they're like, fantastic it was coming into they're this fantastic. game they had 12 high danger chances for and one against so yeah. and, and, and the habs right there oh the habs are um not exactly a high danger uh, uh generation machine you know what i mean so yeah exactly oh okay we're saying renault lavoie is saying thank you mira keeping us up to date i can't even keep my light on this is Technical difficulties all night, folks. Yeah, so apparently low body injury for Monsieur Hoffman. Uh, we'll hope that... Uh, no, he didn't get bench. Some people are mentioning bench, and I know that's like what people jump to right away, but Mike Hoffman, no as, as, he, as Andrew alluded to, that line uh, it has been money. Just absolutely fantastic. And if the Canadians... I'm still not to the point where I think this is a playoff team. I'll be honest. It's been fun. And no. like, we're playing with house money right now. That's what's fun about it, right? Like, you don't have to worry about, you know, a loss. Okay, you look for the silver linings. But if the Canadians can start getting some semblance of secondary scoring regularly, it's starting to be a pretty, you know, exciting team that you can see, you know, and there's the foundation for the future. It's just you have to kind of, tweak those Hoffmans and Dvoraks into future assets and you're already halfway there. Well, and we all know that Suzuki, Dockfield, Suzuki, Dock, and Caulfield, I was going to say something totally different there, getting the first letter of different words mixed up. What were you going to say, Andrew? (laughs) I'm not going to say it, Mark. Uh, That first line, what's been happening, we all know it's not sustainable long-term in terms of the shooting percentage, but at the same time, 
what they're able to generate is going to change if Hoffman, Dvorak, and Gallagher continue to dominate and they start scoring exactly more to what they're expected to because then teams have to split coverage up and they can't just constantly roll their best out against Suzuki, Caulfield, and Doc. Mm-hmm. It, it's a great situation. And I should say, I know you're hosting tonight, Mark, but I'm going to steal your thunder a little bit. I'm gonna you're, you're, over 200 people were here. you going to say you're going to steal my, my, my light, my spotlight? <laughs> that would be useful for me, but no, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm digging it. And I saw somebody in the chat. Cause I'm trying to check that as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> streaming off my phone that, saying that I was summoning uh, spirits for Caulfield. So I got to do the like, but anyway, uh, yeah, there's over 200 people here. So if you're enjoying the show, make sure you smash that like button. Subscribe to SDPN. Yeah. Make sure you follow Mark and I on Twitter. And hey, you know what? I wouldn't follow, follow Robert me. Malloy on Twitter. He's yes. great. Robert, which shout out to Robert, Malloy, our, our amazing super moderator. mod, does absolutely everything and also listens to me rant a lot in our in our group chat. So Exactly. Yeah. The best person. And if you really are enjoying the show, make sure you take the link. Hit that little share button on YouTube. And share it on your social media because the more people who are in here, the more fun we have, the more questions we can take from the audience, the longer we can push it and try to make uh, Mark's internet and NDG last a few minutes more. All right. All right. Uh, Are, no are says, you... What we don't see is that Berkshire is sitting in a pentagram. Yeah. We'll neither confirm nor deny, but I do feel, I feel like the undertaker or like at least uh, what's, what's the name of his old manager? Banyan. And I was, I was going to say Paul, Paul, you know that yeah what's his name uh, paul banyan yeah, I, no paul um, bearer bearer paul yeah paul bearer yeah just like, oh, I, I just got that wow paul bear paul, p-a-l-l-i oh man this one's oh, a- no. sebastian jackson noted leafs fan and scout says he's starting to become a habs enjoyer well here's See, the that's thing how fun this team is and right by the now. way robert is spilling the k yes i do have a musket and there's an interesting story how Robert came to know about my 18th century musket. But we'll get into that later. It has to do with milk crates and Andrew bullying me for being old. So, yeah. Yes, I have a musket. It was from great, 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 great grandfather. So, there were uh, we were the kind of people that you'd send out to war, you know? <laughs> Cannon fodder. Hey, Andrew, um, Mike Matheson returning changes absolutely everything. And by the way, the chat's going crazy right now. We have a ton of people, so salut, salut. Yeah, um, absolutely. Welcome to everyone. Mike Matheson, immediate impact. However, here's the thing, and I'm, I, I don't want to be that negative person because, yeah, he scored a goal, but I'm looking at that pairing with Edmondson, and I'm like, absolutely, Mappa, you do not go down that road. I, I think it's time to actually reevaluate the entire composition right now because if you're looking at it from an honest perspective, <laughs> honest, honest perspective, it's the rookies that deserve to play. Like it shouldn't be a rotating cast of rookies. It should be a rotating cast of veterans. And right now, um, Joel Edmondson would be the odd man out if you're being if you're going by the numbers. Yeah, a hundred percent. Edmondson has really struggled since he got back. I, I thought like some of his reads early on looked really good to me, and I, I was giving him his flowers when he first came back. His first game, I thought he looked really strong. Second game early on. He's made some good reasons. It's one of those situations where you're like, this is just a veteran understanding what to do. Yeah. But when he has the puck, he's been a time bomb for the entire time. And now he's struggling without the puck as well. And I like, I don't want to question rookies sitting out too much because I feel like this is a season where there's going to be lots of experimentation. Guys are going to go in different spots. And yeah. I don't think Jordan Harris is going to be too upset about sitting one game. If it's just one game. 
Obviously, I don't think he should. I'll, I'll be upset if it's two games. I'm gonna. Yes, because think... let's be honest, Andrew. He's been the second best defenseman for the Canadians this year. Like, I take. I away, think he's been take, the best. Honestly. You could, yeah. Well, it's a toss-up. I still argue for Kovacevic, but yeah, Harris has more offensive production. But by far, like, there's a good pairing, and that's them. And then you have everyone else, like miles below, in terms of yeah, like, efficiency. Sticking Matheson with Edmondson was a predictable issue and it was terrible at least for the first half of the game yeah probably the whole game because Edmondson's having these focus issues and, and mental mistakes and Matheson hasn't played in two months so you're sticking two guys who are kind of like not 100% there for like the mental side of the game together and it was just a, a cacophony of mistakes for most of the game. And then Matheson was like, let me just take the puck and skate all the time. Yeah, yeah. And that do... worked out really, really well. <laughs> Which would be the go-to move. But like at this point, I, I think it's my, maybe even time to... Uh, and we'll get to everyone in the chat because there's been a thousand great questions. But I think it's time to maybe even break up the Savard-Gouli pairing. And let's see what uh, Gouli could do with Matheson. Like, if you're going to run with your top pairing... That's what it's going to be foreseeably for the next couple of years, right? Like things will change, but you know, might as well give Gooley uh, a partner that's a little more mobile. So you're not forcing him because like Gooley's 25 minutes per night are like rough, rough minutes. Yep. I think a guy like Matheson who can help with puck retrieval, controlled exits, you know, it will leave uh, Gooley with a little more energy and a little less vulnerable because he won't be looking for passes and getting hit. Let's be honest. Gooley got hit a lot this year. So I think I'd like to see Mike Matheson, Kaden Gooley, and maybe, uh, you know, go back to your Harris Kovacevic. The third pairing, what it may be, may be, but uh, I, I would consider sitting Joel Edmondson in the in the grand scheme of things. But however, there's the trade deadline too, right? So, like, as soon as you put a guy, a veteran like Joel Edmondson in the press box, it, it, it leaves a stink. So I'm not sure the Canadians want to do that. Yeah, it does. And he's an assistant captain, so it's it's early to try that out. Yeah. Um, it, it, I understand it. I feel like even if they keep this group, like if they want to rotate out like Harris and Jack Eye or whatever, yeah. uh, it makes more sense to me, like we're talking about splitting up the Ghoulie savard pairing, if they're really dead set on having like righties on the right side on the first two pairs. I feel like St. Louis is. With, so, like put Matheson with Savard because his skating can really compensate for Savard. Not that mm -hmm. he's a bad skater, but Matheson's a vet, and then have Kovacevic there with Gooley. I feel like that would work out really well, and then Harris can just be the guy that runs the third pair. I don't like that you're breaking up my my nouveau Kulak Petrie pairing. <laughs> like that's <laughs> I know, but if you're if you're dead set on having the vets in the lineup, right? You could have and I think Edmonds they are. I think they are. And listen, as much as we, we like the rookies have been great, but there is value there, right? Like there's you know, yeah. Like Joel Edmondson has spent more time in a penalty box than most of his defensive partners have spent on the ice in the NHL, right? So like there is still a significant uh, a difference there. Hey, we're getting asked in the chat, what do we think about the Delarie and Jackai fight? I like I I, I thought it felt forced. Like really, really, really forced, and and man, I almost feel like we have to kind of pull away. Like I, he doesn't need to be protected. Arbor Jackai does not need to be protected, but he also doesn't need yeah. to be trotted out there as like the hey, look, this is our tough guy. Like I don't know, there was something kind of weird about that fight. Yeah, I I didn't see who engaged, like uh, who started the engagement because I was watching on my five inch phone. I, I don't think he had a choice, and like listen, Andrew, here's the yeah. other part is 
it got engaged by Martin Saint Louis, if we're being perfectly honest, like by putting him in the lineup and talking about the grit and the intensity. And I'm not blaming him for anything, but he's the one that kind of set the tone for that, right? Like Jack, I, how do you not feel like forced to fight at that point when you got put in the lineup for toughness? The tough guys on the other side of the ice, it's go time, right? Yeah, and we talked about it on like the last one that I hosted. The Jack guy has this feeling of like uh, he's auditioning every time he goes out there, which can be good mm-hmm. if you if it's like you're not taking what you have for granted. But I think lately he's like felt like he needs to prove himself every game, yeah. and you don't need to prove yourself. Oh, power! Ooh. Oh, you just got power! Oh, I'm actually looking. I at just the got chat. power back on. The oh, summoning, hey-o. The summoning <laughs> worked. All right, I'm going dark. I'm going to turn all my lights off. Hold on, my turn. <laughs> Yeah, nice. Hey, we got Andrew. You you weren't in the catacombs of Paris. Wow. All right. No, no. I'm, I'm in my normal streaming room. I guess I could blow out these candles, but I'm enjoying the heat coming no, off. Exactly. And face, it's pretty so. romantic. I just got to say, you know, with a, a nice book and candles. Now that's... It's true. I should have brought like a glass of wine or something. But uh, yeah, speaking if of Arbor Jack, I... drink wine. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Arbor Jack, I, I feel like he needs to learn to limit himself a little bit. Yeah. And you know, that's a, uh, hold on. I'm moving my camera out of like trying to like mentally put myself in center of the, the main camera. Uh, he needs to met, like figure out that he doesn't need to prove himself every game. Exactly. He needs to calm down a little bit. And I've noticed that's two fights in two games and two fights in a row where I think, both opponents tried to get him to the ice as fast as they possibly oh, yeah. could. Oh, yeah. I saw a bunch of guys on Twitter be like, oh, yeah, see, Nick Delorier still a super tough guy. Delorier was holding on for dear life from the beginning of that he, fight. He tagged him at the end with an uppercut, cut. but yeah. Yeah. I just, but like while he was falling, like the goal is clearly get him off balance, take him to the ground. Yeah. And he'll, he'll I mean, he'll learn. And he's, he's, that's the other part. He's so young. Like, I think we're almost hyping him up to the point that he's the Hulk and he kind of is the Hulk. Uh, but I don't know, you know, he's had a lot of fights as a rookie, uh, in the NHL. So I, I, the whole point of this is not that we're afraid about Jack guy. It's that he's better off not fighting. He can actually put an impact on the game, not fighting. And I think that's what the Habs probably want to see more of. But in this case, he had to, he had to fight. There was absolutely like, you can't get around the whole situation that I got put into that the, the whole Harris Jack guy thing. That fight had been on the card from the minute uh, Saint Louis chose to put him in the uh, in the lineup. Hundred percent, and that's that's unfortunate for for Jack Guy because it's a tough situation to be in, where you're trying to make an impact and you're trying to, you know, grow as a player. Yeah. I, I don't want to rag on Saint Louis too much, but no, no, his no, defensive but... choices were not great tonight. I, I don't think. Hey, and we're getting. Uh... It's funny, Sarah mentions this from the chat. It was like last season when Romanov, you know, all those clean hits and then had to fight no matter what. I feel like Jack it's not just you have to fight no matter what and yeah, after the big hits, but also the refs have been pretty rough on Arbor Jack Like he's getting the uh, yeah. the PK Subban rookie treatment. Like that's the last defenseman yeah. I saw that had, you know, any little thing goes. And I get it. The man can fell a buffalo with one shot. I get that. Like he's strong, but... Just because he's stronger doesn't mean that he should be sick. Like, he does have to do better when it comes to penalties. But the refs have been really harsh about Jackeye. They have. And I'm going to try to fuck things up a little bit because I can now that I have power. I'm going to try to log out of Zoom and log back in. This is going to go horrible. Camera. This is going to go horrible. So, Mark. No. I'm going to ask do you this. a question. Don't do this. And Don't forget. I'm on, for I'm on medicine minutes. right now. I'm, I'm already loopy. It's already rough. But don't leave me Are alone. Me? 
I'll, I'll we'll just hang out with the chat. Questions from the chat. If any, if anybody in the chat has got some questions, hit Mark up with it. Uh, my question for Mark is: Would the Canadians have even needed overtime tonight if Jake Allen had a normal Jake Allen game? Absolutely not. And it's funny because coming into the game, by Andrew, why is he doing this? But coming into the season, I think we can all agree that um, we all looked at Jake Allen and we're like, this is the guy that might screw up the tank. This is the like this is the biggest factor that might disrupt the whole you know fall hard for Bidal was Jake Allen and he hasn't been great this year. Let's be perfectly honest. However, it's been balanced by Montembeau. Suddenly, like the ascension of Samuel, Montembeau has been great. He's been a top ten uh, goalie in the league, so it's kind of balanced out. But I I think one of the biggest issues this year has been rebound control. Oh, hey, he's back. Terrible rebound control. Would you look at that. Oh, and you sound better too. Sounds so much better now. But me, to me, honestly, Andrew, he's been a disappointment this year in the sense that, like, I was expecting a little bit more. Just a little bit more. I feel like if we you look at money pucks right now, they're talking about goals created off the rebound and goals allowed off the rebound. The Canadians rank really high on both. So, you know, part of that's that rush game um, on offense. But I think that uh, Jake Allen's been, you know, he's got the, them Tom Barrasso pads lately that are just whipping pucks back into high... De- you know, high danger places. Yeah, he hundred percent does. Uh, his rebound control is not great. And you know, like Max Van Hoot talked about that last time. We're, like, we're we're spoiled, right? We we watched Carey Price for what twelve, well, yeah, exactly. thirteen seasons, right? We've seen elite <laughs> rebound control for so long. Like eating our else there, like, net, <laughs> and it looks like um, playing ping pong. Or not yeah. ping pong. Uh, pinball, right? Yes, yeah. the little flappers, mm-hmm. and it's just shooting all over the place. I feel like he really struggled from that perspective tonight with, with the rebound control and Jake Allen, even as he is like his normal performance. Mm-hmm. I know the broadcast was going crazy for Owen Tippett tonight and he had a good game. Oh, Owen Tippett was amazing tonight. Yeah. Oh, he was wow. great tonight, Ooh. but Ooh. if Jake Allen's on his game, both of Owen Tippett's goals don't go in. Yeah. They're both pretty weak. No, absolutely. I agree. And actually in the chat here, uh, Noel or Noel again, I haven't figured which one, but uh, talking about, um, both Montabo and Allen have had rebound issues. I 100% agree, but if you're looking at it from a, like at this point, I would say Samuel Montabo has surpassed well, easily Caden Primo as you know the next goalie you would look to if ever. For example, I know for a fact there were teams interested in Jake Allen this summer, last tra- trade deadline, and there will be teams interested in Jake Allen next trade deadline. I feel a little more confident seeing what Montabo can do uh, in getting rid of Jake Allen right now. You know, not getting rid of, getting a really good, maybe Toronto's firsts for the next two years. That, that'll be okay. But uh, Samuel Montabo's play has led to the point that Jake Allen has almost become disposable. Is, is, is too early, right? Too premature? Yeah, I mean, we don't know what, how Montabo would hold up if he had to play like 40 games yeah but it's 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 chaos season let's go let's try it yeah (laughs) it's true but i feel like allen has a stabilizing presence he really does in the room and on the ice and in the community these young players allens are great people they're just some of the like salt of the earth amazing people absolutely for sure and i know like when the stream was not yet started i was kind of checking in on the chat and i forget who made the observation i think it was a few people coming together for it but they were talking about cole caulfield's goal reminding them of uh P.K. Subban feeding David Dernay against the Ottawa Senators, mm-hmm. which, interesting fact, was the first and only, to my knowledge anyway, 
Habs Eyes on the Prize meetup when I was the uh, managing editor there, and Scott Matla, friend of us both, was up. There was a few people Scoot from Maddle. His name is Scoot, Scoot Maddle. Yeah, who yeah. were up from New York and and that whole area, like all around the East. They came in and watched the game at uh, an old studio I worked at called uh, Montreal Hockey Talk. Yeah, which I believe went under with some shady business deals. But uh, anyway, uh, it was, you know, obviously an incredibly epic game. And that game, I remember being part of, like, it told you how special that core was, mm-hmm. that they had something there, right? Yeah. They were able to manufacture that kind of game. Mm-hmm. And that coming together in a season like this, Jeez. where you're supposed to be bad, that's a good omen. Well, for I, I think we can we can pretty much agree. And, um, you know, as Mita points out, yeah, and... Listen, we're not trying to... The chat's going wild right now about that whole Allen trade suggestion, and I get it, but I'm thinking just from a... because sh- you said get rid of. Yes, that, that was the... Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm... I'm you know, I'm going to give him a Mark's and loading the musket and coming for Jake Allen. <laughs> yeah, gotta, my bad, my bring bad. Bring him out back like old Yeller. Right? Exactly. But uh, no, I just like what I see in, in, in Samuel Montabo, and there's also... Keep in mind, uh, Jakub uh, Dobesh that's playing for Derek Dikau. Joel Verbetic is having a bit of a rough time. But uh, right now, when you're looking at all the prospects in terms of... And he's older, right? But that's fine. Most goalies, their prime in the NHL is 20 years old. It takes a long time. But uh, right now, I think Motabu has gone from a guy they claimed off waivers because Price was injured um, to he might end up being the starting goalie by the end of the year. I think that's a pretty darn cool story. He's not that small, but say he's a, a, a Quebec Quebec boy. So that's pretty fun too. That's one of those cool stories. And it relates back to Dernay, who was the most underrated Habs player in the last 20 years. And as much as you guys won't stand for Jake Allen slander, I will not stand for any David Dernay slander. That's my rule. I, I want to put that one out there. It's very important. He was underrated by everyone but the Canadians coaching staff. Yes. Okay, do you want to hear a cool story? When I was in Toronto once, um, I was covering a game. There was the CWHL actually had a game up there. Les Canadiens beat the Calgary Inferno Inferno 4-2, if I remember correctly. Um, But yeah, so there was a Habs game afterwards, and I was the only francophone there. So they basically, the old PR guy, what's his name? Anyways, doesn't matter, grabs me. He's like, here talk to David. I was like, okay, I, I didn't have any questions prep. So we just started talking about like just technique and what we should do. And he was saying, I know I shouldn't be on the first line. I know I shouldn't be on the first power play. He's like, but what do you want me to do? Petretti wants me to play there. The coach wants me to play there. You know, he's, I'm going to make more money by playing there. But he admitted to me openly. I, I didn't run with it, but he's like, I know I should not be here right now. So that's, and, and then at the end, I went and I talked to Michel Terrien. I asked him the exact same questions and he, he just like mean mugged me there. <laughs> like that second guessing style and sounds like him and dismissed me. I mean, yeah, I probably had to go have a few smokes, but it was just different. The juxtaposition in responses. Dernay was very much aware of what was going on back then. And uh, I, I don't know. I feel like it's, there's too much negative about him. That should have been one of the best yes. stories in the last 20 years. Oh, I, I love how I got to Dernay at this point. Now I'm just riled up. I'm angry about <laughs> comments from 15 years ago. But uh, I'm a big fan of David Dernay. Sigurd Chinu, man, ECHL star. Like, he should have been celebrated as one of the coolest stories the Canadians have had in, in their franchise just for where he came from, what he did. Man, like that Petrady cold Dernay line was pretty good for a while. So, David, if you're listening... 
you my boy blue <laughs> i mean i think people just uh, put all their frustrations on the coaching staff onto yep. David Darnay, right? Yep. And that's not fair. The same thing happened with like Dale Weiss when Michelle Terrian saw him score like one goal with Pacioretty and Darnay. He's like, I'm going to put him out there every every game. He's on the first line <laughs> now and he's very clearly a fourth liner. Do you and, remember Matthew Dash you know, getting used on the power play? And who oh, was you it? You know what though? Matthew Darsh <laughs> actually had decent numbers he in did. the power play. He did. Yeah, yeah. So I will I will defend Jacques Martin for that. And yeah. Mar- Matthew Darsh, I feel like, is another one who's incredibly yeah. underrated Big as time. a Montreal Canadian. Big time. I feel like a lot of the Francophone players end up getting super underrated because they come in and you mm-hmm. know, like RDS and TV, I want to talk about them because naturally they're hometown guys. Yeah, yeah. And then fans like turn on them. We've seen it happen with Durant. And, and it's just, it's this weird cyclical thing. It happens almost every single time. And I feel like that's part of the reason why Quebec players don't want to play here very often, but that's a whole other story. I, yeah. They, okay. I can go the point on is, and on about, don't... you just opened the, the biggest can of pickles in the world. I know. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to go on a rant here. <laughs> the biggest takeaway is don't conflate your frustrations with decision-making yeah. from management and coaching to hatred of a player. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And a guy like David Darnay, who's incredibly self-aware and also has one of the greatest burns in like Quebec and political he's, well, history. Oh, oui. uh, bon débarras when uh, <laughs> Mayor Big Mouth, when he lost his uh, to uh, Valérie Plante, yeah, he replied, what? It was like four years after the mayor said, send them to Laval. <laughs> and then fantastic. David responds with bon débarras, which is basically like, see you later there. Don't let the door kick in the rear. So yeah, that was one of the best burns ever. But no, hey, listen, it's a, it's, it's a fun season, a fun game. But I will say this, in addition, perception plays a big role in the way we try to sell these players. Because if we go to Jonathan Drouin, and I know I talk about this a lot, for $5 million a year, yeah, health has been an issue. I'll admit that. Um, just like physical, you know, things breaking and whatnot. I'm not talking about the mental health. He can take all the time he wants for that. That's awesome. It's like, it's been great for a lot of people. However, you know, he does get injured, but he gets you 50 points a year. The problem is he got sold as the French Canadian savior in Montreal, right? They wanted to kill two French Canadian birds with one stone. And, you know, that was the perception. Like he never stood a chance from there. I'll admit, Drouin hasn't been amazing or anything. But uh, to me, again, we're going back to the whole pressure from French players in Montreal that's part of it too, is how you handle, how you handle the messaging. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I feel like we've got to find a way, like this is one of the things that I remember I talked about it on the hockey inside out show last year when the management changed, maybe it was like the last one of the year. And I was like, should it be a priority for Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon to try to like insulate players from uh, like, you know, reading too much of the media and and Mm -hmm. feeling too much of like the angst of the fan base and, you know, I don't know if I know any way of doing that off the top of my head, but you, you you have to let these guys talk to the media because I think that's where we get to know them. And that's like the fans gateway to knowing these players on a personal level. And I think yeah. once you actually know them better, there's probably going to be less vitriol because you know their story. You know, like if David Dearney did a bunch of like sit down interviews with, you know, RDS or the Montreal Gazette or us, you know, and we heard his story and how hard it was for him to actually make it to the NHL in the first place. And there'd probably be less people freaking out about him, like tripping over the blue line once and, and falling on his bum. This guy you know? was like, playing for what the Cyclones or the Wheeling Nailers. I, I think he was playing for the Wheeling Nailers, wasn't he? In the ECHL. Yeah. 
just which is a fantastic the name. Wheeling yes, uh, nailers. <laughs> Robert's shouting out the SDPN shop in the yeah, chat. There I know. Look at this for man. Mark's hoodie. Unfortunately, I'm not wearing the SDPN stuff on top. I've, yeah. got, I've got a shirt on underneath, but it, you know, I got cold. No, Noel, uh, Noel's saying uh, they'll never turn on Monty because he <laughs> he's got too much yeah. uh, kick puppy vibes. Yeah, it, it would be it that. would feel terrible to turn on Montabo, but that's another cool, really cool story to me. Like I am, I'm, I'm a Francophone. I'm from Ontario, but I still cheer for Francophones to do well here, right? In this market is, I love that. And Montembeau has gone from like a, a Band-Aid to one of, to, to, to the best value contract on the team. Like statistically speaking, no one else brings well, more. Cole I, Caulfield. You know that there was a star there for the ELC, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think we should be celebrating uh, Samuel Montembeau a lot more. And I'll admit, I didn't see this coming. I, like I thought he was going to be part of the whole uh, tank for Badal campaign. Yeah, and it hasn't turned out that way. Uh, obviously, there's lots of season left, but uh, I have to applaud the Montreal Canadiens for their effort in this game. And you know, fun, fun. They they didn't give up. You know, this is another one where it kind of felt like the last game, right? Where mm-hmm. they kind of do everything right and things keep on going against them, mm-hmm. bad bounces and kind of fluky goals, but. Man, they just kept going. And this is the kind of Habs, like, this is the kind of stuff that made people fall in love with the team last year in the most miserable year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, where just as soon as St. Louis came in, it was like night and day, a switch changed. And this team just doesn't give up. And we got to love it. And yeah, somebody was asking, when is Adam's crop top? Did you see that video, Mark? Of Adam doing the New Jersey Yeah, can you mark that stuff not safe for life next time? It should be. Like, (laughs) <laughs> it should be, but I I actually went it's to terrifying Adam today to the was... first wake up and you're scrolling in bed and that's the first thing you see, man. <laughs> not cool, buddy. I also saw it right before going to sleep. Last not night. cool, buddy. So yeah, so I told <laughs> sorry I told Adam this morning that SDPN needs to sell crop top pajamas for men. So yeah. it might be coming down the pipe, guys. Down. Absolutely, we'll see. Um, Mita, I'm from Ottawa. Actually, oh. Sorry, my mic just uh, decided it was out. All right. I'm from Ottawa, but I live in Orleans, get snow, Renfrew, Ull, back when Ull was called Ull, and there were a lot of greasy bars, and everyone from Ontario would come drink there. So that's where I'm from. Uh, they're asking about, oh, yes, Miss Epica. This is, I wanted to get to this real quick because the chat's going off, so we have to get more questions. But what do you think about Slavkovsky? Uh, Miss Epica is saying, you know, he, he played so little, and I didn't even check his ice time. I'll be honest. Okay, me and Andrew were a little bit panicking because I had no internet and he had no power. But I don't remember Slavkovsky doing anything of note except for maybe one wrister. It almost feels like they kind of forgot about prioritizing his development a little bit. Like, I get why St. Louis is bringing him in slowly. But at this point, you pass 10 games. Put him on the third line, man. Get you know, Put him on the third line. Get him yeah. to about 12 to 14 minutes. That, to me is the next step. And I think he's played well enough to deserve that next step. If Hoffman is out, Slavkovsky needs to go up the lineup. Like there's just, there's no more excuses. I thought that from what little he did play today, he like, I saw him, I saw him make some plays in the offensive zone, recover some pucks. I saw him make a couple zone entries that were controlled and bring the puck towards the Mm -hmm. net. Uh, A couple of good passes in the offensive zone. Maybe he got dinged a little bit for me for being minus two. You know, uh, obviously, I don't think he had really much to do with that, but I think this is part of the consequence of playing with Mike Pozzetta. And I like Mike Pozzetta, but Pozzetta only got six minutes. So 
Caulfield's going to get that plus power play time. Jake Evans plays in the PK. He got a lot of ice time on the PK. There, so there's probably not a lot of roles for Slavkovsky. It's just. Yeah. So they've got to find a way to get I, him like, either I like, Monahan or Dvorak. They're mentioning in the chat. Yes, they're they're slow rolling them. And I agree. Like, I agree. Big I've been time. saying it's that the Trizak whole time. was saying that. Yeah. Like, I, I totally. Or no, not Trizak. I forget. Uh, sorry. Maybe it was Jake the Snake. I, I, I absolutely agree. Slow rolling them makes sense. But you kind of made a decision there. You know, you crossed the Rubicon when you didn't send him to Laval. Uh, so at this point, I feel like just for him, just for his morale, it'd be good to, you know, just maybe two more minutes. Like you say, if Hoffman's gone, but if not, I, I'd argue you almost find space for a first round pick. I know that's opposite of what Seattle's doing uh, with, with Shane Wright, but I, you know, I, I don't worry about getting returns on guys like Hoffman as much as others do. I worry more about that ice time being liberated. So like I get what Kent Hughes is doing right now is that he wants to pump Dvorak up, Hoffman up, you know, uh, even Monaghan, he'll, he'll see if there's any biters there, but, and I get it, but does it matter that much if you're going to get like a second or third round pick? I'd rather get a little more development on uh, Slavkovsky's side. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I understand the slow rolling and I agree with it to a certain extent because yeah. obviously you want to continue the rebuild and I feel like there's no real rush with him because mm -hmm. he's such a confident kid. I don't think they're really risking much. But I want to see him get a little bit more ice time now that he has started to look better and better. And Kay brought up a great point that he did make a fantastic pass to Josh Anderson on the power play. And unfortunately, yep. Josh Anderson did not uh, hey, hey, notice fast J enough. Josh Anderson, because I wrote an article for Montreal Hockey Now saying like, okay, basically it's time to trade Josh Anderson. I don't want to be a jerk, but hey, look at the numbers. He doesn't, his north-south did not fit with St. Louis. Even though when St. Louis got to the team, he was talking about north-south. It, it's east-west. That's how they're generating scoring plays. 100% of them go back and look at all the goals. There's been maybe four on the rush, right? So um, I, I think that we have to give credit to Josh Anderson since that suspension. He's been pretty darn good. And if he could pump up his value, man, it could end up being a really good deadline. Even uh, what Francois M is saying that Oilers fans want Michael Pizzetta. First of all, I love Michael Pizzetta, but if you can get a return on him from a pure business sense, like it's done and i'll be honest it's harsh but he's a little redundant with uh, arbor jack eye in the lineup right you don't need a middleweight with a light heavyweight in in your lineup so i don't see much there and i think gms love him because if you look last year what he had five goals uh in like 40 games or something and he played six minutes a night like there's there's a little bit of upside there in terms of uh, offense but he's the guy i think that a few gms would like to have on their team yeah, yeah, he, he might be. Yeah. He might get something. Jeff, well, if I was you mentioning, know? I'm trading everyone tonight. Every Everyone must go. <laughs> Alex <laughs> I was, Burrows. I was wondering Let's it. get Alex Burrows on. <laughs> Can you get a return on him? At first, when they said that Hoffman wasn't on the bench, I was like, oh, trade? He's been oh, so good they lately, pulled a goatee? No. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Burns? Through. Yeah. yeah, like uh, Mike Camilleri, get Rene Bork back. Okay, the, the chat's mentioning that there will be a significant hit in handsome per 60 if you get rid of Josh Anderson, and I agree. Yeah, he I is the that. team himbo, that's for sure. <laughs> but hey, he's been playing pretty well, so it'll be a uh, yeah, fire sale. Everybody's got to go. Who else can I trade right now? Um, Monahan, another one to drop the handsome per 60. And by the way, I do <laughs> hey, apologize. We're, we're... I apologize to those tuning in who were excited to see Laura and Alice tonight. Yes, I know mm -hmm. the level of attractiveness of this stream has gone down extremely Which is hypocritical since we're talking about handsomeness, but we're like, 
How how can we, we judge? Already, <laughs> I mean, this is how we traded we traded away all the handsomeness or like good lookingness from this stream. Yeah. So that's why we gotta get rid of the Canadian stuff. Yeah, too. yeah, we we gotta look better by comparison. <laughs> okay, and who else came? But who, and then if we're going down the list of handsome, um, <laughs> in terms of forwards, who else can we? Read the, I think Mike Hoffman is the is your next handsome trade piece, right? So you have three very I mean, he's handsome, the one that makes sense. Very handsome trade pieces here: uh, Anderson, Monahan, and Hoffman, and their sexy <laughs> per sixty is through the roof. So, uh, but no, seriously, I, I'd like to see a guy like Monahan get turned into a first round pick because then that will be it's the two first round picks. ultimate <laughs> burglary. Come, come, whoa, gros vol, j'appelle la police. Um, how can you? convince someone to give you a first round pick and this is a guy that'll get assets i know he's not scoring a ton but he has good underlying numbers so right now i think you're going to get a nice return on sean monahan and you're going to lose you're going to take that 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 handsome per 60 hit but you might get a second round pick back i don't i don't think it's going to be a first Hughes said he wants a first but still you're going to get a return on a guy you are paid to take uh, and you were paid a first round pick to take him yeah it, it's absolute larceny already that trade is larceny just from what Monahan's brought to the team. I'm I'm still shocked at how good of a skater he is. And oh, the fact oh, that he's killing penalties, new. which oh. he hasn't really done like his entire career. Uh, Lindsay says it's okay. Andrew, we may not have had Alice or Laura, but we got to summon spirits and demons today. It's true. We made some pacts with the devil to maybe stop the devils. Oh, I just ridiculous winning. Streak. I just extended my contract with him. I, I came to a deal with him a long time ago. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so much more fun. Yeah, absolutely. And the chat's having a ton of fun. Okay. So uh, what is it? Poos on Poos. How did it become uh, who we selling? I think I got excited by Samuel Montabo being so good that I already, I decided that's it. Get rid of Jake Allen. I, I think I might've traded Joe Verbetic at one point, uh, but as fun as the season has been, I think, let's be perfectly honest, huge, great silver linings, but this is a team that will end up selling at a deadline. And the better they do between now and then, the better for Kent Hughes and the rebuild. Like, I'll say right now, they're well ahead of where I thought they would have been uh, for the rebuild. I think they're on a healthy path. There's still so far to go. But right now, Kent Hughes is looking like a very, very, very smart GM. He is 100%. And I think this is what's so fun about this kind of season is the wins are super fun and they get you hyped about the future because it's all Caulfield and Suzuki driving it, right? Right. And then you have uh, Ghoulie who's just like eating Lawton's soul halfway through the game. Uh, like, I, which he, I know I he hit his head on the ice, but that hit was <laughs> monstrous. Who does that on the penalty kill, Jaden <laughs> Ghoulie? That was mean. <laughs> It wasn't it wasn't cheap either. It was just full on clean destruction mm -hmm. on the penalty kill. Fantastic. I so loved you, it. you have some fun parts everywhere. And uh, you know, one of the next ones, the big ones, and the chat's asking about this. How much will it be? I think starting point for Cole Caulfield's contract. Of course, you go to eight. I think you're starting, I was gonna say seven. I think you're starting at seven five and probably going up a little bit. I think that's uh very optimistic oh yeah for caulfield you think he won't get yeah i mean okay i think Zusham might end up saving the montreal canadians about 40 million dollars in the next eight years yeah because yeah let's be honest me i throw out all the sham numbers like that that is tainted the data but the habs will argue that you know his point but still he's still scoring at a matthews scoring pace you know in the last calendar year 
that that's seven five minimum in my opinion. Yeah, I think it starts at eight at the lowest. Oh, like, I thought you they... thought I was going high. Oh, you thought I was low. No. Oh, no, I thought you were being very charitable for the Canadians. Like, no, no, I, well, I was saying charitable. start at seven five and then move up. Like, let's keep in mind, this is a guy what he scored thirty seven goals in his career, and you're gonna throw you know sixty four million at him, but. I think you're going to get good value no matter what. Like you're buying prime yeah. UFA years and you have that combo. When you think about great combos that have done like a huge impact, uh, you know, like Corey Perry and Getzlaff style, like that's what you, I think duos are more important than trios in the NHL. And you have like the, the one of the best duos right now in terms of time, uh, you know, how old they are uh, compared to the rest of the core. So that's uh, eight, eight. I don't know why he'd say no to that, but that would feel like an appropriate number, right? It, it would make sense, and I think it'd be team-friendly. I think the only way that it stays around that is because Nick Suzuki is already signed for less. Yeah. And if the, Suzuki's the contract kind of yeah. tethers the, like, this is the internal max, and, like, yeah. this is what he was willing to do for the team. Cole, you guys are best buds. Mm. Would you be willing to do this? Just a little, a little bit more. <laughs> that might make sense, but I would not be shocked if they go eight years, mm -hmm. and it's like double digit millions they're like Trizak like is it the jason Ro what jason robertson was eight five right i think eight, yeah but jason eight, robertson eight, got what three years oh or less? well it's funny because cost why here is saying no bridge deal no thank god we're done with that stupid the bridge deals it's, there's zero chance of a bridge deal. <laughs> no i, I know and they were the worst return on investment in the history of contracts like it, it paid off once or twice bridge deals were absolutely the worst not a big fan of that yeah i mean listen jason robertson signed through his like prime prime years for 7.75 yeah. oh, but that contract is dumb because <laughs> but it's three years that, at like 27 eight years no it was four years four years so and so it's it's better come out three. of it rfa or does it come out no. of it ufa ufa that's a terrible contract <laughs> yeah it's a really really terrible oh no he is an rfa at the end okay, of it. He is okay. an RFA at the end yeah exactly well, but still he all he's gonna do is he's gonna hit rfa and he's gonna press the button for arbitration and then he's going to get paid 11, 12, 13 million dollars because the cap by then will be like, like 95 like, million. Like seniors at a, at a, at a, at a casino. He's going to be, he's going to be pumping that, that button for sure. Go like, straight to Jason Robertson's a friggin' superstar. Like not only is he a killer offensively, he's defensively a monster. And definitely the best Robertson around, I think. Oh, I mean, the other one's a healthy scratch. So it's funny because I'd almost wanted to go back and laugh at the whole Caulfield Robertson thing, but the Leafs fans were were doing that in jest. It was it was pretty funny how mm, well no. No, no oh no there's no, like the editor and Leaf credit. guy sure yeah he come on he's had too much of that Toronto smoke but uh, for the most part they're having fun and now I think you can honestly say Cole Caulfield isn't just a power play goal scorer or a special team scorer he is right now. One of the best goal scorers in the NHL, statistically speaking, um, only Matthews has scored more even strength goals. That is incredibly impressive. Remember when he was in college? Oh, he can't skate. Like it started, he can't skate. And then by the end at the draft, they're like, yeah, he has a peg leg like a pirate. Uh, <laughs> and also he can't defend, you know, he can't pass. N none of this was true, right? So I think we're seeing the evolution of Cole Caulfield. It's been one of the most exciting things that Habs fans have had to look at since Subban. Like, I love Nick Suzuki. I think he's so important. But Caulfield brings that that buzz that when you're sitting in the arena, if you're working, you know, you hear the crowd start to, like, the, you know, it starts to... Bleh. That's what he does. Cole Caulfield, like, brings the energy level up. And, uh, man. He brings it to Suzuki as well. 
Yeah. Like Suzuki is a better offensive player because he knows that Cole Caulfield's going to finish those plays for him. Exactly. But, but like at, at the same time, well, now that Doc is there, I'm a little more confident in the long-term sustainability of that line. And even if Nick Suzuki's shooting percentage goes down, let's be honest, the Habs are at about, what, 8.9% uh, 5-on-5 shooting? Like, that's not, that's not ridiculous or anything like that. There's about 10 teams ahead of them. So even if Suzuki cools down, you're looking at a swing in luck from the other guys, right? From guys like yes. Hoffman and guys like Dvorak and Gallagher. Can we can we talk about how good Gallagher's been this year without getting a ton of points? Like the goal today by Dvorak, that was classic Gallagher doing absolutely everything. That was like back in the day I'd offer to help clean up the table as the last dish was going into the sink, you know? But hey man, Brendan Gallagher's been pretty darn good. I know 6.5 million, but he's been very good and he's back to his great ways, statistically speaking. Like for his under a hundred percent. I mean, and I think we all knew that that was going to happen once he came back last year and the underlyings rebounded. You don't write off a player as good as Brendan Gallagher for a half of a bad year. Yeah. Right. And I know people look at the playoffs and say like, Oh, the scoring dropped off then too. I mean, he was playing with one hand Yeah, during that playoff run and his underlyings were still strong. We, sorry, we just got an so. EOTP shout out. Uh, from, yeah, I know. I was so, just so Jiro, responding in the chat. I absolutely love that just because I get that every once in a while. It's like, hey, man, like eyes on the prize. And that's the thing that people still talk about to this point. So, yeah, I was a big fan of uh, exactly if you know, you know. And we also have some uh, mini fans in here because we were talking about bad contracts. So I think it was Lindsay, right? That was talking about the <laughs> yes, Minnesota the does have Dom decision thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we didn't see the tweet from Arpin. What was his tweet? Mita, put it in the chat and we'll talk about it. I didn't get a chance to. Uh... Well, we probably should wrap up soon because I'm oh, going to sleep. Geez, yes, absolutely. I know I'm having so much fun. We have so many people here. All right, it's going to be an all night show for me. No, I also have to go to bed <laughs> soon because, uh, like I said, I took some medicine earlier and uh, it's making me quite sleepy. I'm going to give you the last uh, last say here, and then we'll wrap it up properly, Andrew. All right, uh, last say. Let's see. Uh, Jake the Snake, I want to give a shout out to. He says Caulfield's even pitching in the de on defense. Hundred percent, he is coming I back. Feel like his yeah. back checks and his four are checks better and better. His four checks have been his fantastic. Four checks are great. I mean, who doesn't love that he knocked uh, the puck off of Tyler Myers? That was fantastic. That was like and a his... honey badger attacking a giraffe in a zoo. By like, <laughs> you know, it's it just fantastic, magnificent, and terrifying and amazing to watch all at once. Yeah. And Noel says uh, Gallagher sometimes fans the flames that he wishes to blow out. I feel like that's very true. <laughs> like, Gallagher is like when he sees a puck in the crease, he's just like and whack, 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 whack. there's no aiming. He's, there's he's no spamming. He's, he's just spamming. Like, <laughs> yes. The he's just hitting the button, hitting the button. Uh, I'm going to get that goal. And then Dvorak's like, I'm just going to push it in the net. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> hey, we yeah. got William Wallet is in uh, Japan right now which is pretty darn cool. Man, we got people all over here. Nice. Loving it. Oh, oh, and Julian McKenzie. Well, okay, listen. Julian! Now, it doesn't... I got taught a long time ago, you leave on the highest note possible. Um, shout out to Julian McKenzie. If you haven't had a chance, you can go over to The Athletic and uh, check it out. Julian McKenzie, one of the smartest writers right now going in Canada. So he's the beat writer for The Athletic in Calgary. And he had a nice since little... since we're closing out, I'm going to post Julian's article in yes. the chat. That's exactly that what I wanted to hear. Exactly. Perfect. Awesome. And I think we're actually done. This went much longer than we wanted. But hey, it's been a ton of fun. So make sure to like. Because if not, Andrew yells at me and he's like, why are you 100 years old? Why don't you remind them to like? 
first of all, I had a GeoCities page, okay? So, so don't get off my lawn. And also, um, subscribe to SDPN. And if you would like some cool merch, Robert's going to toss the link in there. But I want to thank everybody. You guys are amazing. You guys are what makes it super fun. People all over the world coming in, chatting about the Habs, who are a fun team this year. Andrew, did you ever think it would be this fun? No, because I was very cranky all day long. But I have to say, you know, what? we have to change it from summoning spirits. Clearly, I was summoning the ghosts, the forum ghosts, right? Because obviously, the Canadians were losing. They won. The forum ghosts last couple seconds. Like, they got to do it. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Uh, We should run some uh, SDPN merch, some more Game Over merch on summoning the ghosts. I'll have to take a picture with the candlelight. Get it better for their first shirt. Throw it on a shirt. Robert, let's do it. Perfect. And and I'm going to end it on this note because we have Mita here and Mita always in our chats. Yes. Cheers to everyone in Ottawa. Soon they might have a real hockey team, but one link that you can bring back to the Habs is their minority owner is actually looking to buy the Ottawa Senators right now. Michael Andlauer. Uh, he's a big transport magnet worth $2, million, $2 billion about. And he's actually, he owns about 20% of the Canadians. He's looking to buy the Senators. So hmm. there might be a little bit of a, you know, and, and the Senators are going downtown, Le Breton Flats. It'll be a good team and there's money to be made there. When Andel Howard if... came, came in on the deal, it was $28 million that he put in for 20%. Wow. And now it's worth 1.7. Be... So if Ann Lauer sells his 20% of the Canadians, he could just turn around and more than buy the yeah. Senators oh, with that. Oh, God, yeah. That's you, kind of fun. You could... <laughs> Probably get like the Marlies and maybe like the Belleville, this Belleville. Yeah, just get a few. Yeah, a, a few teams in there. Hey, everybody, thank you so much. And we're going to end it by saying thank you to Robert, the best person around. You're the man, Robert. Absolutely. Cheers to everyone in the chat. It was a good night. Andrew, goodbye. And we'll see you next time right after the Montreal Canadiens will Yager win. Salute. When's the next game? Anyways. Uh, I never know because I run my life. One game at a time, one quarter mile at a time. Tuesday, Tuesday against the Sabres. See, I I went a little early and I changed the frame, but we're going to end it right now. Thanks, everybody, for watching Game Over Montreal. Game Over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.